Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. Here at Fertility Warriors HQ, we believe in three things, grace, grit, and gratitude. We don't believe you have to be perfect to fall pregnant, but we do believe that you need to place yourself and your well-being at the top of your priority list. I'm your host, Robin Birkin. For some people, trying to conceive is a cakewalk. I was not one of those people. My journey was years in the making and included IUIs, IVF and a miscarriage, as well as many, many tears before we fell pregnant with our first child. Now I'm the author of the book, Screw Infertility, and the founder of a 12-week mind-body fertility program, the Fertility Warrior Intensive. I'm here to help you not only navigate these waters, but to help you feel like a badass in the process. My superpower? Helping Taipei women find calm, confidence and happiness in their journey. I'm a little woo-woo, a lot straight shooter, and I swear like a sailor. Sorry, Mum. I've never turned down a bowl of mashed potato, and if you like salt and pepper, mm, I think we'll get along just fine. So hit that subscribe button and tune in for tips, advice, and real talk every week. I promise you, I'm not daggy. Okay, maybe a lot daggy, but subscribe anyway. Enough small talk, let's do this thing. Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. Today on the Fertility Warriors, we're going to do something a little bit different and through the power of technology, namely my podcast editor and manager, Chris, what we're going to do is the same introduction for two podcasts and we're going to release them both today. So if you're looking in your podcast player and you see two podcast episodes today, this is why. And this is why they also like you're hearing this twice if you're listening to both episodes. So this all came about because on Instagram, I've been doing Q&As a lot, like almost every day. I've loved chatting with you guys. I can let you know that there is something beyond exciting in the works. And I was speaking to someone today and she was like, oh my God, your excitement on this is just getting me. And we're working on something, what I think is major behind the scenes that it will be coming in August. So you will be seeing and hearing a lot of me if you're on Instagram. Anyway, so I did a Q&A and I guess to some degree I didn't even know this was such a thing, but it's a really common thing. So we've switched around our episodes for this week so that I can bring you these two episodes. And it is about age gaps and like mourning when you thought that you would have a really short age gap between your children and now there might be five years and it's just not what you planned or you might be and this happens okay where you've gone through fertility treatments you haven't used protection and you've gotten pregnant and like the baby was just still a baby or you're a same-sex couple going through IVF and you want, you know, like if you're two females, you want both females to be pregnant at the same time. So not only are we talking about in one of these episodes the benefits of having a long age gap, but then we're also talking about the benefits of having a short age gap as well. And the reason why I've separated it is because you might want to listen to one but not the other. And I 
tossed and thought about what the best way to deliver it was. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to do two podcast episodes. We're going to split it up so that you can listen to one if you don't want to listen to the other because you don't want to feel like a different way. But this is what I will say that is relevant for both. And if you're listening to this twice, good, because I think it will be valuable. If you had a certain plan of how things would work in your mind, it's always going to derail you a little bit when it doesn't work out the way that you had planned it in your head. And you might have planned stuff in your head since you are like five years old, okay? So whenever things don't happen in the way that we thought that they would happen, there's always going to be that little grieving process, okay? So there's always going to be that process. However, to some degree, not to the full degree, it might be like pros and cons to having a boy versus a girl, pros and cons to having a child when you're 17 versus having a child when you're 40. And I have looked at my own parenting experience, the experience of other mums at our school, mums that I'm friends with, and how to look at what their experience has been like. So that's the, I guess, context of what I'm putting these on. But I've had a look at those experiences and tried to put together a list of pros for each experience so that if you are looking like one of those will be a reality or a possibility for you, that then hopefully you can feel a little bit more settled in that eventuality, okay? Before I get started with my list, and I've done 10 for each, okay, is when I was looking at this list, and a lot of the time when we look at children together, we think of like their bond and their love for each other. And I can hand on heart say that after seeing and, you know, being in lots of families where there's these two children and things like that, nope, doesn't matter what the age gap is, they're still going to have an incredible bond with each other. Okay. Might be a different bond. One is like a very protective kind of bond. Well, nope, it regardless of the age difference, there's always going to be that with the elder child. But the other thing is playing together. Doesn't matter. An older kid will still always play with a younger kid, okay, or in most circumstances, and they're still going to have, that's their brother or sister. It's going to happen. It was almost like when I was putting together the list, I put it for one and then I was like, oh, the other, and then I was like, well, actually, it's true for both, okay? Now, two more things. One is, I don't know if you've ever heard of fixed versus growth mindset, and I call it fixed versus flexible. Sometimes we don't have a choice in this. And we can say things like, you know, choose to take this path or take this path. The reality is that often it's not really a choice. It's just a reality that that's the way things are going to pan out. And so I always grew up, particularly with my corporate days, I used to, one of my bosses used to be a motivational speaker, and he always used to talk about fixed versus flexible. If you are putting all of your energy into some a circumstance that is fixed, it's out of your control, you can't really change it, it just is what it's going to be, then it's almost like putting all of your energy into moving a car uphill all on your own. Like it's just not really going to happen. And so why are you putting in all that effort into that versus something that's like things in our life that are flexible, things that we can control, things that we can have some influence over and those are the things that we should put effort into and for the most part we're going to have 
moments where the age gap maybe wasn't what we planned or maybe it's that people around us are disappointed in the age gap or don't approve of the age gap or have something to say about the age gap. Man, that's always going to happen. And, you know, I... I always, I've have said this before. There's things that people always say to parents of twins, and I've been guilty of it before. People always have this, oh, you must something, 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 or you must something, something, something. And I can tell you right now, before Chris, I had a podcast manager called Monica. She got pregnant with twins, and she went through a mourning process. Well, like the there's an adjustment. That wasn't what I had planned. But whatever your reality is, there's always massive benefits to every single side and we always make do and make can make the most of what circumstance we have. Anything is a blessing. You are certainly entitled to grieve. You are certainly entitled to feel the way that you feel about what you feel. But I do want to let you know about that this fixed versus growth mindset. Now, to the peeps who messaged me saying like, we really want a short age gap, you know, the same sex couples and things like that. Here's what I want to tell you about family. For all the people there who maybe are having twins and everyone's giving them remarks or that for everyone that wants to put in, you know, two embryos and everyone's like, no, don't do it or whatever anyone else is saying, because this is your journey, not theirs. This is your experience, not theirs. There is <laughs> a an Instagram thing that I saw once that said, get the tattoo, your parents are already disappointed. And I guess it just espouses my philosophy that, do you know what? Fuck everyone else, okay? This is your experience. You get to do exactly what you want to do. So without ado, we are going to move in to the benefits. Give me a minute. All right, so now I'm going to talk about the 10 benefits that there are to having a longer age gap between your kids. And I had lots of people reach out to me on Instagram to say that this was really helpful and really reassuring. And they lots of people sent it to their husbands to let their husbands know that collectively they could feel a little bit more reassured that it would be okay. And I certainly hope that that is the case, that if you are Looking at a longer age gap than what you had planned for having your children, I want to let you know I'm going to share with you based on my experience, based on the experience of seeing some of the other mum friends that I have. I have a cousin who has a six-year age gap and who was like, it was amazing because I got, got to savor it all over again, which is one of my reasons. But yeah, that there are some benefits and there are some silver linings and there are some positives to having a long age gap. And I've done 10 for each episode. So I would say equal amounts of benefits to each. So what I wrote in my Instagram to start is when your kids are so little, they need a lot of care. So when there's two that are so little it's beyond exhausting, like beyond exhausting. And when there's only one of you, sometimes one kid has to cry for a little bit. Sometimes you literally cannot attend to everyone or make everyone happy at the same time. And I have these memories of me with a two-year-old and a newborn baby and both of them in their beds crying at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and me standing outside their 
almost like shrugging my shoulders, having a moment of, I don't know, feeling like I had to choose between my children, like which one do I go to first? And feeling just really confused and like, what do I do here? This is chaos. This is exhausting. When I had two children who, and mine were two years, which so many people always have this vision of two years and things like that, but it's hard. So I do want to let you know that I do feel that there are, and I'm going to talk about 10 reasons why, but that there are some silver linings to a bigger age gap between children. So I have some friends. I have one friend who I think has a nearly a 10-year age gap. I have another friend who I think has a 14-year age gap. And I've got several friends who have like six-year age gaps between their children, okay? And many of them have said at later stages that they have felt like it was a blessing. So number one, is that many natural healthcare providers will advocate for at least a three-year break so that your body can rebuild. I was told that as soon as Chloe was one year old, I needed to get back on the wagon and go back to the IVF clinic. I needed to try to start conceiving again when I got to the fertility clinic. So hats off to you if the first baby that you have or have had was a great sleeper. Mine was not. And I swear to you, it wasn't me. Like I did everything by the book. I've got two now and one of them sleeps through the night, the young one, all the time. I still can barely get the six-year-old to sleep through the night. She's just a child whose love language is physical touch and struggles at night being alone in her bed. And who can blame her? And I always think like couples sleep in their bed together like why do we always expect our kids to be okay with always sleeping alone anyway so Chloe was not sleeping through the night when I went for that 12-month appointment the doctor said to me are you still nursing and I said yes and he said well how many times in about 24 hours are you nursing and I was like about 12 (laughs) and eight of them are at night And he just rolled his eyes and he was like, you can't because of my pro. I mean, I know now because of it was because my prolactin levels were too high that it would be unlikely that I'd have a successful conception because you're like breastfeeding at night is one of the things that can dramatically contribute to high prolactin levels, which is a hormone that comes from nursing. And I was not sleeping. Like I had wrecked sleep. So my body had not recovered. I had a small hemorrhage when I had Chloe. I had an episiotomy. Brutal. So my body by and large was still recovering. And not that long before I'd had Chloe, I was obviously on the IVF bandwagon. I had experienced a miscarriage in which my body was so unhappy. I lost something like two thirds of the hair on my head. It was ridiculous and so my body had gone through all that and then I'd had a child and then I hadn't slept through the night and then all of a sudden I was getting back on the bandwagon again and getting pregnant and oh man this is why people say to have at least a three-year break so that at least you can you know rebuild your body a bit there's a postnatal depletion when you are feeding another person when you are sacrificing your sleep for another person takes a lot out of your body. So if you can have at least a three-year age gap, then your body is going to recover so much better. And there's some, I think I saw it on Jess Ash Wellness, someone talking about a lot of 
ancient tribes and things like that used to have these rituals to make sure that there was like a three-year gap in between children. Hey, sorry to interrupt you, but I just had to let you know about the latest product to drop at the Fertility Warriors HQ. It's my new Get Pregnant Pronto Pack. It's a very cool pack to help you optimize your fertility, educate yourself and troubleshoot your cycle so that you can make better decisions about your fertility, so that you can understand your body better and so that you can work on optimizing your fertility, whether that's natural fertility or whether that's through assisted reproduction. I'd love to invite you to check out my new product, the Get Pregnant Pronto Pack. It's loaded with heaps of cool stuff, including PDFs, cheat sheets and a special Get Pregnant Pronto Plan workshop. To find out more, go to robinburkin.com slash getpregnantpronto. It's just $27, so it is incredible value. robinburkin.com slash getpregnantpronto. All right, let's get back into the episode. So the next one is that it's more likely that everyone is sleeping through the night by the time the baby comes. So as I just explained, Chloe didn't sleep through the night until she was 19 months old and I was about five months pregnant. So beyond exhausting. And and then I had these moments of looking at the door, wondering what what on earth do I do? Like which child do I attend to first? So at least when you have a bigger age gap, it's so much easier when you just have to deal with one child in the middle of the night or the odd occasion when the other one wakes. Number three, one will be hopefully be at school so you can have a minute to rest while the baby is asleep. So one of the things that really got me was when I had two. So I found the transition to two children much harder than the transition to one child and just because it was nonstop. So Chloe, again, she's Bless her soul, she has many talents. Sleeping is just not one of them. She gave up the nap very shortly after Olivia was born. So when you have one child and everyone says, nap when the baby naps, and you know, or have a cup of tea, or have a shower, or make yourself some lunch, you can often do that when the baby naps. Except when there's a two-year-old or a one-year-old who is not sleeping at that time or not sleeping at all and then someone always awake and there's zero chance for you to have that rest in the day and there's no such thing when there's a really short age gap as nap when the baby naps unless one of them's at school and then you have a minute to give some quality time to the baby, have a rest especially in the middle of the day when the baby is napping because one of them is taken care of and at school. And also you can lean on the mums that you're friends with at school who are much more likely if you're like, I'm in my pyjamas and I haven't slept all night, can you just get my kid out of the car and take them to class? Then you know you've got people who are going to help you do that, right? So the next one is that it's more likely everyone will be toilet trained. There is nothing quite like just cleaning up like five poops a day like from two different people and just and people just pooping and weeing it's a thing with a short age gap there's just so much poo 
it's and I almost got to the point where I felt like there was like poop permanently ingrained in my nostrils that it was like all I could smell was poop because everyone was just pooping all the time the next thing number five a bit more serious one there's less jealousy when the baby comes so when you have an older child who you know children start to develop their prefrontal cortex I think at around four years old okay so some children will only develop it at around seven so that's quite normal the prefrontal cortex is where your executive functioning happens that's where you have reason that's where you have like decision making and judgment and all of these things so literally really little kids who are like two years old they don't have self-control they don't have judgment they can't sit and analyze and to a decision all they have is impulse like you know that reptilian side of the brain like this is what i want so i'll just get it that's all they have so they have these you know big emotions like jealousy they can't see that the baby's really little and the baby actually can't look after him or herself so you need to just wait for a second they can't see that so that's a really hard thing to deal with but when you have a child who's five or six who you can look at and say give me a sec because I'm gonna have to like look after the baby or look they can see with their own eyes like this is what's happening here and maybe I can be more independent in this moment when you have a really little kid they can't see that and all they see is well I was the center of attention and now I'm not the center of attention and this is like the little in the little kids eyes for a lot of little kids they're like this is just a minus like where's the positive in this for me because I've gone from being the king or the queen of the world to now being like second rung behind this tiny little thing right that's attached to my mum's body all the time or that always gets the bottles and all the good stuff so there's that element of jealousy and then you know this this whole thing of like wanting to feel like you are spending quality time with each child whereas especially when one of the children is at school you feel like you get that moment to have a little bit of quality time with the eldest child so the number six is that you can say please wait to an older kid and they'll generally get it and that's probably because of some of that prefrontal cortex if they say can I have a glass of milk or can I have some toast or I'm ready for some lunch? You can say, yep, just give me a second and I'll be with you in just a second. And they'll be like, okay. Or you can say, you know, go play with this and I'll be with you in a second. When it's a two-year-old or a one-and-a-half-year-old, they don't get it. Like, why do I not get this right now? I need this right now. What, are you crazy? So when they're older, you can say, please wait. Number seven, only one high chair, only one cot, only one car seat and one of the kids can generally buckle themselves in bending over and buckling people into car seats and having two of these big harness car seats is bananas number eight two young kids feels like absolute chaos and it just whizzes by I felt like I blinked and Olivia was six months old I feel like I've blinked again and she's four but when one is older you feel like you can savor that baby time a bit more and I think that's because you get those moments when one of them's at school or can play a little bit more independently or watch a little bit more tv when you can actually sit and catch your breath rather than just feeling like someone's always crying or needing to be fed or you know number nine 
the eldest child can play with the baby or at least let you know if there's a problem so you can actually have a shower or cook dinner or put on a wash. When I had two children who were two years apart, it like cooking dinner was honestly so hard. I had to develop a lot of strategies, you know, like giving snacks and stuff like that around cooking dinner because it was the witching hour. Everyone was starting to get really cranky. Whereas if you have an older child, especially if they've started developing their prefrontal cortex, you can say, okay, can you entertain the baby? Can you feed the baby their bottle while I cook dinner? And they are much more willing to help because also when you have a child who's older like that, I see them step up all the time and want to take that responsibility. They wanted to have that a bit of responsibility and a bit of importance around like, I'm the oldest child, I've got this, I'll help you. And I've had, you know, I've seen the mums when they've just had their babies and they look at like whatever, the eight-year-old, and they say, hey, can you just look after the baby while I go and have a shower? And they actually get a minute to just have a shower without people crying at the door and banging on the door or having to all sit inside the shower with you so you can make sure that nothing untoward happens to both of them while you're trying to have a shower and get ready. And I've actually, oh, I actually had 11 on this one. So bonus for you guys. So number 10, the oldest kid is generally a few years ahead in terms of being able to eventually babysit, especially anyone who has a big age gap. If you have, let's say, a 10-year age gap, then you might be able to leave the 18-year-old at home with what is it, the eight-year-old, I don't know what age gap I said, but you know what I mean? So you're much closer to sort of having that date night experience because the older one can look after the younger one when you go out. So, or you'll have, you know, you might be able to pop down to the shops when one is a bit older and it's not going to be like a big problem or you could duck into the shops while both of them just wait outside. It's going to feel a lot, I think, more like freedom is coming sooner my eldest daughter is called Chloe. So her she had a friend called Charlotte and Charlotte's mum had another daughter who was I think like even a 14-year age gap and I remember being like, oh, I haven't had a date night in so long. She was like, we go for weekly date nights and I was like, damn. And it it's different, like one child, it's different to when you've got two children and people are so much less ready to come and help you babysit by that time sometimes you're competing with like other grandparents or competing with other grandchildren and stuff like that for care and so there's a lot less opportunity so when you've only got the one kid it's a you know it's not as you don't feel like you need the break as much as when you have two kids and it's chaos and there's never alone time and there's never rest time and it's never like you know chaos all of the time and then but then when you have the when it does become two kids you're much closer to having that date night I hope that made sense I don't know if that made sense but anyway last one number 11 is that the eldest child is usually great at helping with the littlest one so if you're at a restaurant you can say hi Brian would you take Bobby to the toilet please and you can do that and sometimes when you have little kids they might in one restaurant outing need to go to the toilet like three times and so to be able to share that load with others including the eldest child then that's pretty cool you can go to the park and say 
yep, kick the ball with each other and the eldest child is going to want to like play and look after the littlest child. It's actually a beautiful thing to watch. So that is the pros of having a longer age gap. As I said, it was something that on Instagram seemed to have a lot of interest and lots of people wanted to know. They wanted to know the different pros and cons. They thought that the pros were super helpful and they wanted to know for both a short gap and a longer age gap. So I hope that has been helpful to you. I can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Fertility Warriors. You know that I love chatting with you every single week. If you like this podcast, please make sure you go ahead and subscribe and share it with anyone, be it on your Instagram or your other socials, to let them know that this has been helpful for you too and that it might be helpful for them. Please make sure also that you give us a five-star rating and I would love, love, love a review. They always make my day and they help other people find the podcast. So it kind of helps the search engine juices or the internet juices push this podcast out to other people when there are a number of ratings and reviews. And if you feel like infertility is starting to get the best of you and your emotions are starting to get a bit wonky, then make sure you check out my new mini program, Warrior Rising. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise and check it out. It's a five-day mini mindset transformation and it will definitely help pick up your mood, help you feel calmer and help you feel more in control of your journey. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise to find out more about my new program, Warrior Rising.